Welcome to the Tej Talks Podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Property Duo. This is Series 2 with myself, Uncle James, and the yellow tea man, Tejmeister. What, what do you think of my intro there? It's pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You, you're a bit nervous, I could tell. You're, not, you're new to this podcasting thing, so... Oh, here we go, here we takes go. A bit of... to, to be fair, I've had a bit of a break at the moment. I haven't been quite regular with my podcast, but... Uh, yeah, and I'm not using my usual headphones, so my head's a bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these, are, these are a lot more slim fit so they, they definitely look a bit better with your greased up hair what are you um, trying to say i've got a fat head oh my god you look like an indian john travolta oh thank you anyway before we get into talking a load of shit let's just introduce <laughs> what the topic's about so this afternoon we're talking about tenants and tenant welfare tenant issues good tenants bad tenants and all kinds of tenants and tedges m3 tenant and my <laughs> shit tenant so yeah you get it we're talking about tenants Love it. And it's such an old school thing, isn't it? Landlords, landladies and tenants, you know. I'm sure we need to think of something a bit new, but, you know, the property... I don't actually like calling them tenants, man. I like calling them clients because they are clients because without them, you've got no business. And that is a very nice way to segue into the first sort of thing we can discuss, which is they are your clients. They pay the mortgage. They pay the insurance. They pay your profit. And without them, you ain't shit. So... If you're holding properties, so we're not talking about flips, of course, it's not relevant for that. If you're holding properties, then you need tenants to pay the rent. Now, James, you have had a very long period without tenants and without rent on your London HMO. How does that feel? It feels really painful. It feels really sad. And, you know, it's really given me a kick in my cash flow because I've had to uh, pick up everything myself. And you don't realize how reliant you are, how dependent you are on a tenant for your portfolio to run quite nicely, because it's not as if that money's coming in and that money's just been stacked away. That money's been using for other projects. It might be funding something else. It might even be funding part of my personal lifestyle, which you know these days isn't very expensive. So I've been able to narrow it back. But in a nutshell, it's been it's been quite stressful, man. I would say stressful because I've had to balance some scales, especially during COVID, where other sources of income have kind of dried out a little bit. It's uh, It's been touch and go, mate, touch and go. And of course, you know, it's in London, it's a HMO. So, you know, everyone listening can imagine it's not like one by to let missing a tenant and it's, you know, 300 quid a month you're missing. It's a lot of rental income. And James, you haven't really had any other option, right? Like you, you know, yours is in a stage where you had to refurbish it and you had to get rid of the old ones and get rid of the old agency and things like that. But imagine if, it was just the tenants themselves who were being bad. And of course, you'd have to wait six months a year to get them out in this ridiculous, pathetic system government we have in this country. You would be losing rent and they'd still be living there. But I suppose you're in a slightly more fortunate position where you're refurbishing it. But of course, you're then spending 100k plus whilst there's no income from this. So it's a liability in a sense until it kind of comes back to that time. Now, you know, when you had those tenants... What's something you learned from that whole experience? You know what? If I go back now and think back to when these guys had issues, I think the biggest thing that I learned is communication, man. There was no communication from myself. In fact, there was no communication from the agency, what I find out now. Sometimes when you know they say no news is good news, I don't always believe that now. I think no news, you want to knock on the door and find out what's going on because no news generally means that there might be something going on. You know, you want it to be that you've got an excellent agency and there's no issues and nothing's actually gone wrong. But in my case, no news meant that nothing was getting done. And when I look at it now, it's probably a lot of it's my fault. I should have gone around there more often. You know, seven years, I went around there three times and the house is flipping 200 meters down the road. You see how close it is to my house, Ted. You know, I walk past it, I run past it. I'm there all the time and I never put my head in through the door and I wish I had because it would have saved me a hell of a lot of issues. And to be fair, it may have even saved me this costly refurb 
because I could have just left it as it was and left it running, you know, because the maintenance would have been upkept, the house would have been in a good condition, the tenants wouldn't really let it have gone to shit. Because once the house starts going to shit, I think the tenant thinks, you know what, what is the point? Why should I even bother upkeeping this house and keeping it nice for the landlord when he really doesn't give a shit anyway? So I think if I'd communicated better, if I'd knocked on the door a little bit more, if I'd made myself known rather than walking past a house like this so that no one would see me going ghost mode thinking, oh, if they find out I'm the owner, they might come after me. It's like, <laughs> come after you for what, man? They might just address their issues. That's that's incredible because you're spending 100K plus on a refurb. Now, basically what you just said is if you checked up on it more times or if the agent was actually half decent – then you wouldn't have had to spend a hundred grand. That's pretty, that's a pretty large, heavy statement there for people listening because yes, they're refurbing in, if they were in a similar situation to might be 10 grand, might be 20 grand, but do you want to spend even a penny if you have to? And of course you don't, but yours was driven to the point through lack of care and attention by you and the agent for this property, which means, as you said, it literally went to shit, shit on the wall. Um, and, and that's like, that's crazy to think just by doing regular inspections every three months, six months, whatever it is. And they only cost like, you know, if you've, if you've got like a buy to let, it's like 30, 40 quid sometimes to get someone to inspect. And you can do it yourself if you're nearby or you can get like a colleague locally to do it, but it can make a huge difference. And I suppose also you want to make sure that, you know, they're not growing you know, herbs that are not basil Ashish. and rosemary. <laughs> yeah, they're not going the, the fun herbs. And you want to make sure that, you know, they are looking after stuff and they are being looked after by your managing agent. Or if you've sent trades in to do work, you want to then know that actually they've done a good job. Tenants are happy with it. Cool. It's weird, like communication. I find I have a tenant who she's my longest standing tenant, been there for easily, oh, probably... 14, 15 months. And lately, especially the last six months, she's been paying rent late, just like a day late or two days late, despite me reminding her, although it, or sometimes it takes a reminder. And I said, look, and I had to say, look, what is going on, mate? Like, do you want to leave? Like, do you, would you rather leave? Is it, is it too much, the rent per month? Cause it's not, I'm not dropping it. You know, would you prefer somewhere else? Cause it's only you and your son, you know, maybe you want a two bed, like talk to me, you know, I can talk to me for fuck's sake. Um, and then she said, oh, you know, like, I, and then basically I, I said, look, do you want to change the date from the 29th to the 1st? Would that be better with your salary payments? And she goes, yeah, that would be really helpful, actually. I was like, right. So instead of paying rent late for X many months, you could just told me that. And then I said, yes, OK, we're changing the day. It's two or three days later. There's going to be a two or three day pro rata payment. Here's the calculation. Oh, no, I can't afford that. I said, well, then pay on time on the 29th, isn't it? Stop Stop being ridiculous. Um, but it's nice that you've done that because she now knows that if this happens again, there is going to be that extra that she can't afford. Yeah. And so, you know, I said, look, I'm more than happy to change the date, but you've got to pay the 30 quid or whatever it is extra for those days. That, that's how it works when you change a rental date. Um, but for some reason, but then when I speak to her on the phone, she's so lovely. And we have a chat and she's actually from, you know, nearby where I used to live. And it's one of those things where I'm just like, why didn't she just say or communicate? Why is it getting to the point where I'm having to be like, you are in arrears, you know, where is the rent? Like that shouldn't be happening. But yeah, it's infuriating, right? Because I'm trying to help you. Why aren't you helping yourself? So something like that happens with with tenants. But, you know, James, I have, I would say right now, eight out of nine tenants are, you know, pretty awesome. No complaints, no real issues no reason for me not to want them there. Not that I can even get them out easily. That's, you know what? what, that's big for you to say that, especially right now, man. I go onto Facebook and other groups and I see people moaning. You know, I've got this issue, I've got that issue. For you to say eight out of your nine tenants are superb, that's big, man. I mean, you know, and you can't always assure this, but when it comes down to, it's finding them, right? It's having the best agent to find them, using your mind to vet them, and read references and say, nope, I'm not accepting that. Show me a full credit report. Look them up. You know, do what you need to do. It all boils down to that. Now, of course, you can still do that and they can do dicks. But, you know, I would say that, yeah, eight out of nine of them are, are pretty superb. Um, yes, there's this one, you know, for example, who, and she's not the ninth one who's bad, but she's part of the good eight. 
yeah, she pays late. She pays. Um, there's like others. Actually, you know, I mean, one of my guys, I feel like he pays early. I just, every month I'm like, oh, I feel like it's not due today, but carry on. Like, yeah. I don't know. He's, he's just, yeah. Um, James, what about you? You mentioned earlier you had a, you have a really good tenant or you have a really good tenant. Yeah, I've got, um, I've got a very, very good tenant. And I mean, um, so she's the one who rented my new build with her and her partner and she's just superb you know little things that she's done along the way really make me want to help her even more you know the day national lockdown was announced in march she calls me up and the first thing she was said was look james i just want to reassure you and let you know that you will have no issues paying uh, getting rent from myself and and my partner because we are on full wages we've got no issues with our jobs because we kind of work for ourselves so we still got live projects going on and i thought you know what that's so nice of her to reassure me straight away Mm. especially as I knew what was going on with my other one where I wasn't getting rent and then little things like she's quite prompt to report problems so you know she noticed a little black mark appearing near the window frames which which is kind of a little bit of mold getting in because there's not enough ventilation in this part of the house because we sealed it too well you know at fault to ourselves now that we've got to drill a hole and put a vent in but still little things like that she's very very quick to report and you know what you find that because she's been so good to you suddenly her maintenance issues go bang straight to the top of the list. There's no messing around. And, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a prompt email straight back to her and she knows that things are going to get dealt with. She had an issue with the CCTV at the house because she relies on the CCTV because of the location of the house to view what's going on around the house. If she hears any noises, which is right. You know, if she's at home on her own, she wants to know that she's safe and gave her a helpline number to, abdul my cctv man and he logged in straight away and sorted her issue and i said to abdul i said please don't take a week on this like you normally would get this done straight away because she's so so good and you know it's little things like that where you think to yourself you know what i am quite happy to go out of my way to make sure that you're happy because she's made it very clear and even the agency made it clear that she is in a position herself to buy a house she has the funds because she's expressed wanting to buy a house from the same agency that let her this house but she's not doing it because she's scared about the climate at the moment she doesn't know what she wants in fact she's asked me if i would sell her the one we've got here that she's living in um so i know she she's got options she doesn't have to stay there but because she's so great i want her to stay there you know when somebody moves into a house and spends five to ten thousand pounds on furniture which isn't their own house you generally think to yourself, okay, they're going to be around for a while because they've bought stuff that fits into this space. So A1 to her, man, she's a she's a great tenant and I, and I really, really love working with her. She sounds amazing. And you know what you said about the maintenance there is so true. Like naturally you are reciprocal, right? It works both ways. If someone's not going to show you respect, if someone's not going to be um, you know, treating your house the way it should be treated, then of course you're going to follow the law and get it done as soon as possible but it's not going to be fast tracked. They're not going to jump to the top of the queue. It's going to be done, you know, within the reasonable, legal, acceptable time. Naturally, you're not going to tell Abdul to hurry up if they're paying rent late with no good reason or if they're, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of a natural thing. And, you know, I my ninth tenant who's terrible, she, it's her and her partner, ex-partner now. Um, man obviously knew what was going on. Um, they <laughs> they moved, she's, so she's like 19, right? And he's, I don't know, 24. He's like a firefighter. She works in McDonald's part-time. I don't know what she does. She's in bed till like 10 a.m. most days. Um, she was, agent thought she was great. I was self-managing and she paid like the, the first month's rent on time. I think second month was late. I went straight into arrears chasing mode. She then paid. Um, I then said to the agent, listen, your gal is pissing me off. You found her. You take her back on management. I'm not dealing with this shit. Yeah. I can't be bothered. It's your issue. You said she was great. We fucking deal with her. And cause he's like my boy now, isn't it? He took the back on management cause and switched off some other property and is, and he has been managing it. Now she's a kind of tenant who doesn't pay rent on time. Um, doesn't respond to any texts, any emails. Her phone's always engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, her partner never, never, ever, ever, ever responds for some weird reason, even though he was the one who was, like on the viewings, he was the talky one. He was the sort of like face, I suppose, of those two. Um, she doesn't open the door to trade people. Like the plumber was like, Ted, her clothes are all everywhere. And it was 10 a.m. when I got there and she opened the door half asleep and then just went back to sleep in the lap. Like, I was like, what the fuck is this? And like, 
I actually um I actually sent a small claims court to her for the rent to her and her partner. <laughs> so CCJ come in. Um and then now we now now her partner broke up with her and she's in the house alone trying to afford X amount of money. She said, Can her little sister pay the rent? And her little sister's like sixteen. Bruv, I swear sixteen year olds don't earn <laughs> this much a month. Um and now, you know, the agent's having to talk to her partner's mum, because the partner just seems to, you know, total moron and say, Look, your son is on the AST. What do you know? How can we sort this out? And he's basically being bloody Jeremy Carl Agony aren't trying to sort all that shit out whilst she's still paying late. And they're like, why haven't you? Pa- oh yeah, I swear I paid on the foot. And it's, you know, it's endless, endless excuses, but then demands for maintenance. Oh, the electricity has gone in the garage. Okay. Corona. I can't get someone out. The sink, you know, water keeps falling off the drainer. The worktop's not level. Why are you filling the drainer and the sink where you dry the, the things with water? Like, and she expects it next day and she expects it done, but then doesn't pay the rent on time. And, you know, is her maintenance really top of my list, James? Am I sending someone over there? There's instantly? no urgency. There's no urgency yeah. or desire to fix that. Not at all. And she got a brand new boiler. Bloody, what was it? A main, A rated, whatever. Nothing. Not even a thank you. Oh, we were without heating for four days. You were four days, mate. You're like, that's nothing. Um, it wasn't even recently. So the thing is with that is the agent referenced her. We checked everything and him and it was generally all good. Now, you know, what's my learning from this? <sighs> she is very immature, very young um, and frankly thick. So I, you know what? My only learning from this is like get a guarantor, especially if you think someone is like not there you know they're not at the kind of maturity level you need to rent a property from you and if you just i mean look to be honest 90 percent of my properties i have guarantors on even if they the person is great i'm mm-hmm. just like look i'm bringing a high quality product to market there's 10 of you in the line give me a guarantor i don't need you because there's, there's nine other great people so bring a guarantor to the table because if you're going to pay rent then what's the beef and then mm. it goes from there. So that's one of my biggest lessons from that. But you know what? It feels personal because you're like, hold on a minute. I've spent thousands of pounds on this beautiful house. And this house is marble, floor to ceiling tiles, the black shower enclosure, black, all this stuff. And you think, why the hell are you not paying? Like, what? Like, There's it, no excuse for you not to pay. It feels personal, you know? Mm. Um, and James, when it comes to evicting people, I mean, you know, that, that's all I have to say. Mm. like it's a terrible terrible system in the uk i think what's really important just made it worse man i feel sorry for people that have you know that in in march they said okay eight weeks before you can evict someone but look where we are now man if somebody's been sitting there with since march with no rent and they've had to rely on a mortgage holiday obviously the mortgage holiday is going to finish at some point what other support is for a landlord out there? You know, people think we're the sharks that are fucking piling up the money and doing this when in fact it's us that could do with some help, you know, maybe fast tracking some evictions for people that haven't paid for X amount of time and they've got no excuse. You know, it's um, it's a difficult one, man. It's a difficult one. I feel for all those people. I see all these stories on Facebook all the time and I really think if I put myself in that situation, I'd be feeling proper shit. Mm. Because the government don't help us, the laws don't help us. It's now six months, I think they've they've turned they've converted it to, un- unless under certain conditions, and it's like and it's expensive on top of already rental arrears. And the mortgage holidays don't help your reports with the you can't get new mortgages with mm-hmm. it. You still got to pay them back at some point. Um, yes, you can chase tenants with a with a you know MCOL with the CTJ, but then some of them are never going to have that kind of money. Yes, you can ruin them. Great, well let's do that. But you're never going to get that money back. And what if you had, what if you were kind of a part, you know, one or two buy to lets and they didn't, I mean, like, it's ridiculous. Like the, the law, if someone doesn't pay rent, in my opinion, they, sh- unless they have a valid reason, unless, you know, it's not my job to support them. We're mm. not a charity. If you can't pay rent, the door is there, walk out of it, take your shit with you. Mm-hmm. Um, the government can support you. You know, the council can support you. Good luck with them. That's their business. Frankly, we're not a charity. We're not here in situations where someone doesn't feel like it or they spent money on a watch instead of rent. And it, but we're expected to take that brunt for months and months and months. So yeah, of course. Anyone listening who's new in property, like, and I say this in my book, your tenant, like, please spend 
time finding and vetting the right one because mm-hmm. it can still go wrong. But as with anything, the better the foundations are, the better the building. So take that, like, see, really I would, I would not have taken a 19 year old on a tenancy. Yeah. I and mean, that, that's, yeah. I had, I had one woman who came in before the, the tenant who took that new build in London and, you know, her references came back, employer reference came back. But then when the agency did a CCJ check on her, she had some kind of charge from back when she was 18 year old for a mobile phone. Mm. And, you know, most people would let it go, but, and she offered to pay two, like offered to pay a whole year's rent up front. And for me, that was alarm bells again. Anybody carrying that kind of cash in this day and age should be paying that up front. I was a little bit wary. And then I think the icing on the cake was the insurance company said, look, if they've got any negative amount on there, we're not covering you for loss of rent. And that's how they work. But it was very, very tempting. Very, very tempting. But I thought, you know, I'm not going to do it because all the cards are not stacking up right. And sometimes you just have to say no. As desperate as you are sometimes to get a tenant in, I think at times it's best just to walk away and say, you know what? No, sorry, I'd rather leave it empty because if you're the wrong one, I ain't never going to be able to get your ass out. And that's the thing, right? Like I will leave it empty for months, for weeks if I need to because of what you just said there. Getting Mm. them out is a million times harder than having to pay 400 quid a month on your bridge from your own pocket, which I'd much rather. My, I want tenants. I say to the agent, look, is this tenant going to pay me rent for the next 10 years? Are they going to be here for the next X? Are they going to, these are the kind of questions you need to ask. And the thing about the CCJs is an interesting one, you know, because some people, you know, well, whether it's a story or real life, you know, they like for a mobile phone bill for 20 quid. Now I would say 99% of people would settle that because it's 20 quid. Yeah. Um, what happens is, oh, you know, they moved house. It went to the wrong address. You know, blah, blah. I can understand how sometimes you can get a CCJ for a small amount because, you know, you moved address and then blah, blah, blah. blah. There's, there's a few ways it can happen, but it is always a red flag because it doesn't show a stable, secure way to pay the rent. And that's what you need. Um, I think also what's important is like the vibe. You know, I always say to the agent, look, you know, like, how were they? Were they chatty? What were they wearing? What was their vibe? Like, were they, did, did they love the place? Did they say, wow, I love that the landlord, you know, used these really nice tiles and like, because if they, because if you love something, you look after it better. Right. And if you think, wow, this is a really gorgeous interior, you look after it better. And therefore I want them to not just be like, yep, it's a house with a four walls and a roof. I want them to say, yeah, this is, this is sexy, you know, because people then look after it right yeah you're right you know people want to call it their home they want to make it their home it's their own they come home you know from a hard day's work so i think you're right in that aspect and you know like i have tenants who i've this these two tenants they're having a baby as well so they're going to be here hopefully for a while and they are the best tenants every month paid on time no issues they've actually done some gardening work for me and some other bits of work on one of my other local properties because i was like look Corona is obviously a bit peak. Do you want to make, you know, some extra money? I was like, look, why don't you go sort this out? And they did it. And she, she asks about everything. Oh, can I put a shelf up? I may have to screw it. Can I put a stick? Yes, yes, yes. Do you bloody want me? Oh, takes a lot of pride in the home then, you know? She does. She literally said, it's my dream to live in a white and gray Instagram home. And I was like, hey, listen, I'm about that. And so she looks I'm about that life baby I'm about that man and it is a really nice property though to be honest and they're paying you know what was back then above market and still is now fairly above market that's that's my best performing asset by to let and just the best tenants but it's because we took the time to vet them to go through things and to understand them and their kind of like motivations, right? I think there's certain questions you can ask to people that elicit certain answers. Obviously, you can't discriminate. You can't, you know, blah, 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 whatever. There's various laws around it. But within reason, if someone hasn't got a stable, secure way and they don't pass referencing, then it's a fail. Um, James, one thing I ask. I think now, you which... I think you uh, took the, uh, you just put, sorry, optimal word you said there was take your time. Mm. You know, take your time to vet the tenant because i think too many people get too excited that they want to get someone in there it's not a race man it's not a race you need to find the right person and you know if you're advertising your property yourself on places like open rent now they even offer a full-on 
you know, referencing system that they can do. They allow you to shortlist tenants, allow you to ask certain questions, allow you to have a criteria. So even the places that you might want to do it through your online and, and manage these places yourself, they've provided you with tools that were probably not around a few years ago. Yeah, open they really, and they even do the AST and the document preparation, everything. Now, you know, I just thought of a story. Speaking of being flexible and communicating, I've got this tenant now. He's been there for six months, rent paid on time every time. He set up a standing order, so it comes out automatically. I can just tell by the time and how it comes in. And um, yeah, it's him and his brother, I think it is. And they earn they earn very good money, actually. Given the area, they earn, yeah, definitely a very high salary, which is obviously quite a, a factor because they flew through referencing. Now, uh, they... They have quite a long garden and they what, have a what gallery. What do they do? One is a steel worker okay. and the other one is a, not a steel worker. He works in like fabrication. I can't remember exactly, but they're both like manual. Yeah. Well, yeah. Skilled manual work, I suppose. Uh, and yeah, one of them, we don't talk, well, we talk, you know, every now and then just like, you know, whatever, how stuff, hey, we're extending the AST. How many months do you want? Whatever. Buy to let management. Easy. And then he calls me, like, I think it was the day before rent. And he goes, hiya, bat. I was like, oh, what's happening? He goes, um, mind if I pay you half rent now and then half in a week? I was like, what? I was like, um, yeah, why? He goes, ah, my car payment's due, innit? I was like, what? I was like, and I said to him, and he goes, ah, yeah, it's four grand. And I was like, what why like i basically i was what i was asking was why have you not financially planned your life better yeah we're in this situation <laughs> but i know how much he earns a month so i also know that actually he's stretching it with this one payment yeah and he was like ah it might be because it's a bmw m m3 and i was like <laughs> okay i was like bruv why are you driving a better car than me why have i got 15 properties and you're driving a better car than me what the what the hell <laughs> like and, and i said to him I said to him, yeah, yeah, I, well, I can imagine, yeah. Um, I was like, cool. I sent him a little email in writing, basically saying, look, here's what we've agreed. If you don't pay it, here's what happened, blah, 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 blah. I sent it to him. He, he replied back, I agree, all that stuff. Paid half and then paid half seven days later. Now, would I do this again? Maybe. The reason I did this is exactly what James said. Getting them out or having problems with arrears is way worse than me looking a bit soft mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's one of those things where i'm like cool you know what that was that but now i've got leverage where if anything in the future does come up i say look mate that was a one-off what's going on do we need it? it's a different conversation now um, and did it bother me no because half payment was enough to pay the mortgage and the rest came in you know what there's one in the iou bank now as well on his side You've done him a favor. And the IOU bank is pretty damn powerful, mate, because people remember this shit. I owe him one, you know. I owe James one or I owe Ted one because they did me a favor. The IOU yeah. bank. Yeah. And you have to make it clear, look, it's a one-off. I'm happy to do it on this. Like, you know, it's all about how you communicate it. But it also builds trust. He knows that I trust him. And I suppose I feel maybe more like I can trust him, slightly not, you know I mean? Still, he's still a tenant. But... Little things like that are not stuff I would say, oh, yeah, always do always be flexible. But, you know, it made me laugh. And, but it also made me realize, yeah. you know, because we are at the whim of our tenants. So like we were saying. <clears throat> just just so, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Just so everyone listening knows what just happened was James's missus walked in, opened the door with such vigor. I felt the whole room shake, came in with a card. And basically James literally straight away went into following orders mode and he was instructed to write a kind message in a, in a card. Who was that to James? It was to an old school teacher. To an old school teacher. And he was forced to do it nicely and write a nice message. And he only wrote two sentences and he also got told off for that. Does so anybody want to know what I wrote? <laughs> what did you write? Have a nice life. Bye. No, to Bill. I hope you're keeping well. I will catch up with you properly in an email. <laughs> <laughs> so James's head office came in there. And um, that was quite hilarious, actually. I wish I wish everyone could see. He stopped recording, obviously, because he's a big man. Um, James, do you want to continue? And then we can introduce our guest, our esteemed guest. Yeah, so I think from, from summing up what we were saying there, I think, you know what, take your time to get a tenant. 
don't rush into it and have good communication skills because without communication skills you can really screw shit up yep very very good point so uh james we have our special guest with us who is going to talk to us about tenant experience or tx as i call it would you like to introduce her give a bit more context before we bring her in yeah sure sure yeah so our guest this week is jess leader who's joining us here um next level living i believe it is um and she is fantastic at what she does because she spends a lot of time thinking about how a tenant is going to be in a property how they're going to live how they're going to interact how they're going to feel how can she bring the best out of someone in a property when they're renting a property from them and you know what i took a lot away from her when i interviewed her on my podcast where she said this is quite important to her. In fact, it's it's very important to her. And I thought, you know what? If we all started thinking around it the, the way she does and start thinking about how a tenant is going to be in a space, I think you'd have a hell of a lot more landlords and a lot less default on rent. So I think it's a good time to pick her brains and see what she thinks. And I've met her and she is a cool cat. 100%. And I motivated her to start running again. Mm. That's good, Mr. 5K over here. But then at 10k. Hope she didn't run into a ditch like you did. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Anyway, hey, there she is. <laughs> Follow Hi. the leader, 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 just leader. It okay. might be. Oh, welcome, Amazing. Jess. Cheers, guys. So, uh, Jess, we want to talk to you about uh, a really interesting slash important topic, and that is tenant experience, which I call TX, not TE, because I'm cool like that. Startup vibes. Um. When it comes to tenants, where do you think the tenant experience starts? And what should we as property investors be considering at that start point? In the design of the property. Because I think that when you design the property, you already know who your key tenants are in mind. And so you design it to attract the tenants that you want. And then everything from that point is about the tenant experience. And so when it comes to, okay, let's, let's take one of your properties, for example. What have you implemented design-wise that, w- that is going to relate or pertain to your target tenant? Um, so a few things. Firstly, the aesthetic, not in no particular order, the aesthetic of the properties are about, they're designed to make people feel calm and to foster a sense of community and connect people to nature and um, be quite grounding because I think that those are kind of the feelings that you should have when you're at home and you're chilled and you're settled. So straight away, they don't attract people who are like, you know, looking for the biggest edge or the biggest, you know, trend. They're looking for people who want to feel safe and solid and grounded. So that naturally means that they probably have tendencies of being caring people, um, look out for each other, that kind of thing. So the design definitely start there in the aesthetic. And then in terms of the flow of the property as well, in designing the communal spaces. So is there somewhere for people to sit and chat together? Is there somewhere for people to cook together, sit together, whatever? I just, I like to create together spaces. And yeah, some of those things definitely have a massive influence in that. And do you find that when tenants are viewing these properties that, I don't know, maybe it does then therefore attract a certain type of tenant who maybe make certain comments about the property in the sense that like, they've picked up on what you're trying to achieve? Absolutely. And actually, the last one that I did, I had some really lovely feedback from um, tenants who were viewing and then who moved in. So the first comment was a lady who walked in and she does land live there. And she was like, wow, this is amazing. She said, I hope you find tenants who really look after the home they live in because you've clearly created a home with that love has gone into. So that's perfect. Wow. Of course, I want tenants who are going to look after their house. <laughs> There's respect there. There's care and you know and that is shown to tenants and then you you get that shown back at you so that was an amazing like she said to me I hope you get tenants who look after this house for you and she became one and she does um 
Wow. And then another tenant in the same house, she, I recently went to the house to meet the value for the refinance and um, some of the tenants were in and she came out of her room. She's like, I just want to say, I know I pay you to live here, but thank you for creating the space. It's lovely to live here. And you can tell, she said, she said something really weird. She said, you could tell you're happy in yourself if you're creating spaces like this, which I don't really get, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is some like psychological deep feedback. Like that is... Yeah. That is pretty epic from an interior to kind of be to be saying that. Wow. James. Jess, how you doing? I'm good, James. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. I'm very, very well. A couple of things from me, Jess. Um, the last time we spoke on a podcast, you said something that really kind of stuck in my mind. And it's something that's um, changed the way I think about tenants as well. You said something along the lines of you like to bring out the best in the people that stay in your spaces, which was powerful enough for me to remember it given that i often forget what i did in the morning so <laughs> I was old. <laughs> wait did you say i'm getting old Tej? yeah well yeah we all are anyway for the for the for the listeners um could you go a little bit more into that yes i could so i i just i think people i don't know i started so designing spaces where people flourish that's basically what motivates me and I think everybody deserves to live in a home that they feel safe that they feel they can be themselves um that they can properly relax and just you know this is my home um and some of the things that I just touched on in talking to Ted really helped to create that you know if you allow someone the space to breathe I'm very much about you know I love nature I'm very much about zen spaces and just calm in homes because it's all about a feeling creating a feeling and I think if you allow people to just fully relax in their home environment um, they will interact better they'll have better relationships they'll think more clearly they'll be able to do their work better they'll be able to you know make better decisions it all comes from clarity of mind which comes from for me a contented soul and you know a rested a rested place so if I can create that platform for people to go ahead and you know think better be more confident be more relaxed feel more themselves be more connected to who they are then then amazing wow that's pretty powerful stuff that yeah i mean it, it it was so powerful for me that i really thought about it this time around when when putting together our latest hmo you know i thought about like you said a together space and i even went to the extent where mid project i thought you know what this kitchen needs an extension because it's just not big enough it's just not going to work for that togetherness and it was that much of an impact on me that I stopped halfway through and thought you know what let's just bring this wall out so we got this whole flow of space where people can move around nicely so it isn't very tight you're not stepping on top of each other you've got that whole outside space coming onto the inside for the summertime as well and I really kind of something I mentioned on a post this morning on my Instagram was that I actually I put myself in the design when it was on paper. I lived it when the space was being created. And then now when they're putting it all together, I'm still moving around it, walking around it, trying to think, okay, if I'm cooking here, what's going on here? If someone's here, what's going on here? Whereas previously, I would never have done that. I would have been like, okay, what is required? What's the minimum I have to do? And let me get it done and get out of it. Whereas this time around, there's been so much more thought. I'm so pleased that, that <laughs> some people are going to have a nicer living experience because of something that stuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually something that you said that stuck with me was about you've, you've in the past, you've actually lived in or stayed, stayed over, not lived in, but stayed overnight in, you know, a, a space that you've been developing before in order to be able to get that same feeling. But it, it takes a lot of work. You just did it to save money on the hotel, really. You just <laughs> <feeling>. <laughs> it's, <laughs> not, it's not for, you know, conscious development. It's for... Yeah, you pretend it was for that. Catch. But, you know, speaking of tenant experience, right, I suppose, like, the tenant sees the advert, they engage with you or an agent, and then they kind of go through a process. Now, generally with estate agents, uh, it's, you know, reject at one stage, call it, you know, it's quite, I don't know, mechanical, I suppose. What are your thoughts on maybe what you do or what we could do better in that kind of, uh, when the tenant's discovering us and, you know, viewing and being rejected and all that kind of process there, what could we improve there, if anything? Um, what's your end goal? Having the tenant having the most enjoyable experience with you. Yeah. Um, uh, depends what your start point is as to what you need to improve and and also I'm not the best you know I, I I've 
I've developed things that work better for me over time, but I would also love to know everybody else's answer to that question as well. I mean, I think things like if you if your values are things like customer care and, you know, for me, homes that you can flourish in, it's things like if there's a problem, fix it. If there's a report, listen to it. If there's an issue, solve it. It's like your opinion matters to me. And it's important that you live in a home that serves you so making sure oh do you know one thing that's a bane of my life is getting a letting agent on board who who echoes that because you know unless you control all the processes of the letting agent it's really hard to which you don't obviously if that don't work for you it's really hard to get that to, to be able to get the same level of customer experience through their touch points as you would through the touch points you own yourself. Like I can obviously create the house. I can create the ads as well as the agent doing their own. I can choose how my VA responds to my tenant ads um, and I can respond as quickly as I can to my lettings manager. But, you know, I have thought about, I have struggled honestly to find a good lettings manager who will echo my values. It's, it's it's not amazing but they're all the thing you need to think about all the touch points what happens when someone's um applying how do you are you replying like a robot are you are you replying quickly are you replying are you listening so yeah but also you know it's kind of you it's another thing that happened to me even this morning uh, i've got a room i'm advertising and it's like some people just reply to ads and they don't even want the room and so you're just choosing when to just ignore someone <laughs> That sounds a bit brutal. Yeah, just, not, a, just not waste your time. That is a good point. And, you know, speaking of tenants, I suppose, and agents, it, it is difficult to find an agent who matches your values because even on the buy-to-let front, because really, you know, it's right, mechanical. X many viewings in, yeah. X many offers, one accepted, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. So I totally get what you're, what you're saying. And, you know, when it comes to, if we skip ahead in that stage and we go to actually choosing a tenant, now, your rooms are obviously designed beautifully. You're going to have maybe more interest than you can let in, you know, for, for a certain room or for a certain house. How do you generally choose a tenant? Well, funnily enough, I've got a live example for you. Oh, so yes. yesterday, so I've got a flat in Brighton that I used to live in. Oh, um, man, that was my next question. Oh, well, you better think <laughs> some more, James. And... um. So the tenants who lived there, so I selected them the first time because I lived there and it was easy. Um, and now an agent has been um, doing a tenant find service for me. And they presented, um, I had four viewings and four offers, which was amazing. And um, I selected two and I did a Zoom. Where would 2020 be without Zoom? But I did a Zoom like 15 minute chat with each of the two shortlisted just to get a sense of them. Mm. And um that was the agent's suggestion and it was really good they were both awesome I would be lucky to have both of them living in either of them living in the house but what just, were you saying to them were you just having like a general chat to get to know their vibe yeah there were some logistical questions in there but getting to know their vibe and in that one it's obviously that's a different situation than normal because normally my portfolio is HMOs but this is a self-contained buy to let so in this situation, I just wanted to know if they were respectful, if we could have, I'm going to be self-managing this. So again, slightly different for that reason. If we could, if they are, you know, polite, communi- if they communicate well, if I think they would trash the place or not, you know, what, and then, so just getting the vibe and also, and then a few logistical questions like how long do you want to stay? Obviously they've been pre-qualified by the agent, but just really what you see on paper isn't always the reality, is it? So how long do you want to stay? What's going to change that? Just so I can scope out where they are in life. And does that suit what I'm doing as much? And it was really informal, each one. Um, so, yeah. But and I suppose you can tell a lot from those informal conversations where people, we're kind of ourselves, we're just chatting, things slip, things kind of get revealed. And, and your, I suppose their true personality kind of comes across. I mean, they might see it as an interview, but even then it's quite nice to just lower the barriers a bit because they are going to be your customer or your client. And so... Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't normally do that. As I say, that's an exceptional circumstance because it's, I don't normally self-manage and and it's not an HMO situation, but in the HMO situation, I'd be wanting to make sure 
in, if they're moving into a house where there's pre-existing tenants, obviously you want as little friction and as much synergy between the tenants as possible so that you can keep your voids down and your costs down and tenant issues down and all that kind of stuff. So um, for that, I, I have um, uh, a few questions that my letting manager asks, which just similarly help to understand the person. And I think once, you know, a letting manager has been doing it for a long time or if you've been in any environment where you interact with a lot of people, you get to pretty quickly filter out who's decent and who's a bit of a knob. Mm, I agree. Basically. I'm still trying to filter that out. Hence one, James. Carry on, James, you got a question? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Jess, on the basis of you just saying who's a knob, um, can I ask you, how do you deal when you've got a troubled tenant? You know, do your values still stand very strong when you've got a troubled tenant or do they kind of go straight out the window? Do you turn into a, a mad woman and do you chuck you know, them out the window? I mean, do you have a different approach. Um, I'm just pausing because I'm thinking back over difficult situations and how I've dealt with them. Um, I think I've been a bit of a pushover. <laughs> like I've always tried to ask the other person's perspective and always tried to understand what's going on. And I think I haven't had a tenant issue for a while. And and when I had, I don't think I was as quick to um, assess the reality of the situation as I perhaps would be now and be like, okay, no, I'm not standing for that. Sorry, but this is the line. Obviously you've got regulation that you can't really get around, but you, know, you have to give the correct notice and follow correct procedures all of the PC stuff that I should say. But um, yeah, I think in the past I've been like, okay, well, let's just give it another try and maybe you should do this. And maybe like now I just wouldn't do that. Of course, I'd still be fair. And of course, I try to understand the situation. But, uh, you know, I've learned this year more than any year. A house is a business and you've got to run it as such. And each one is its own. And you have to make the most out of, out of that situation. So, mm. Yeah. That's what I've learned this year for sure. No, that's nice. That's nice. And on and on, kind of experiences and the way you are, you also work with investors, right? For sure. How do you get your kind of message? Say, you know, you, you got the whole user experience. You care about the person in your place. Do you put that into your pitch when you're talking to an investor? Well, my whole like on my website, the first line is I create homes where people flourish. In my, you know. A, all of my communications convey that for sure. And actually at the beginning of the year, I was talking with a few investors about how important that is to investors. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, when I'm talking to investors and I use my own funds partly in deals as well, so that I've got skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a deal has to stack. That's the primary reason an investor invests is because they want money. And absolutely my role is to provide the return. Um, So that's priority number one. Um, And then, uh, you know, that is a differentiator. Uh, That is a true value of mine and a differentiator. So if an investor is presented with two, three, four, five, two, three, four, five hundred, whatever, different options, then, you know, they will be drawn to different values and those are mine. And I hope to attract like-minded people through that. And some investors aren't for me and I'm not for some and some are, and that's amazing. And that's what we all want to do, isn't it? Work with people who we are aligned with. hundred percent. And uh, speaking of, uh, well, I guess just speaking generally of, of 2020, what a year, uh, what has been your best and worst bits, experience, you know, challenges, of 2020 um worst bits were mm, managing situations where you don't feel like you have a huge amount of control and trying to make them trying to trying to help to define some options quite quickly and working with uh, variables and unknowns more than you're used to as a bit of a control freak that's a, that's quite difficult mm, <laughs> for yeah. me so that applies to a bunch of things just working with unknowns and more than more than usual obviously there's loads all the time but we try it's pretty to- stressful when you like you as an entrepreneur we want to control everything and we we do control a lot but then you're like 
there's this this all happening and there's literally you're just like well I can't do anything about it so I just have to accept it basically which is which is tough it's tough but I think that's been I think loads of us have I think we James I feel like we talked about this a little bit back in May or whenever we spoke last but yeah you do have to adapt your mindset massively um and just it's that sphere of influence okay these things I can control and that will grow and shrink depending on how fucked up the world is at the time um and then beyond that I've done the best that I can and I've equipped everybody as best I can to do the right thing in their own cog in the chain but yeah that was definitely really challenging um I really feel for people who only had one um one strategy or income stream and you know I think I think you know diversity diverse diversification has been a massive lesson for a lot of people in this year and um that's a good healthy thing but it's been tough for everyone who's gone through that for sure um high points um not being far off my goals for the year actually not a million miles away I haven't hit all of them um but I've done all right I've you know done some developments got some great new relationships got some you know new offerings for investors and built a network and you know some personal things have happened so yeah I think I'm not far off so that's probably not so bad me and my boyfriend didn't kill each other we survived lockdown Listen, that is a that is a that is a big achievement I'll tell you that <laughs> I've I've nearly been killed quite a few times, so um, I feel you. And James nearly got killed on this podcast, so yeah. Well, I did halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jess, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the show today. Me and Ted wanted to mix up the series two and do a bit of a chat show type thing where we've got you know a panel of people. Obviously, we wanted to do this as a physical thing, but um, things the way they are. This little is the issue best in the way. Get. Little issue. Yeah, a little issue that seems to be getting well, worse I'm each time. Just got to roll with, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in an ideal world, this would have been a physical event. But you know, this is the next best thing. And everyone could have seen your amazing fashion in real life. I'm loving that furry coat as well. Thanks. It's just freezing, <laughs> so I've got more clothes on <laughs> do you know do you know what i love about podcasts especially zoom is um when you have a lady on the show they actually make an effort when you have a bloke he just turns up with his hair all over the place and he's you know be wearing his pajamas or whatnot ted is just looking away in shame every <laughs> every time i've done a podcast with a lady they actually always make an effort straighten my hair and everything guys <laughs> I, I tried to it just it wouldn't it would i didn't have the heat protect so it didn't work today but no, I'll, yeah i need to i'm out of stock no i'm really i'm really lucky actually because we've got some builders outside and they have been chainsawing all day so somehow this half an hour they've stopped i don't know they how. know they know the duo is about and they feel the vibe <laughs> and they know to stop all that nonsense so jess where can people find you if they want to connect with you because i think um after what you said about you know next the uh, the way people interact in spaces, I'm sure people are going to want to reach out and pick your brains a little bit. Yeah, I do. Um, you can find me mostly on Instagram at Jess underscore leader, um, which is my name in case, because sometimes people say it's like your actual name as it is. Um, or I'm starting to pull my finger out on LinkedIn a little bit more and I'm Jessica Leader on LinkedIn. Oh, fantastic. Well, we'll put all the details in the show notes. And for everybody listening, please do go onto Apple Podcasts and leave uh, the Tedge Talks uh, podcast review and, and myself, J2Hub, and um, and both of our Facebook pages as well. And thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of The Property Duo with myself and Tedge Singh. Uh- if you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.